Hi guys and welcome back to episode 18 of the In The Hub podcast, brought to you by Playbox Technology UK. We're kicking off season two with a fantastic episode where we speak to Paul Robson, owner and managing director of Media Lease. Paul has been involved with financing in the broadcasting industry for nearly 30 years and also holds the position of trustee within Backup, the technical entertainment charity. If you do enjoy this episode, don't forget to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or drop us a follow over on Spotify. So, Paul, welcome to the uh, In The Hub podcast. Uh, how are you today? Thank you. I'm good. The sun, sh- sun was shining. <laughs> it's now just a bit grey. Yeah, it's looking very Typical gloomy. Typical of our year. Yeah, <laughs> it sums up this year, doesn't it? Um, so, Paul, I think we'll, we'll just get straight into the questions then, if that's okay with you. Sure. Awesome. So, Paul, how did you get started in the broadcasting industry? I came across it not particularly by accident. It was a bit by design. But the accidental way was that I was working in asset finance I'd uh, actually been selling capital equipment for a number of years since I started work, uh, high-value capital equipment. And I ended up financing some very high-value capital equipment and learned the, the the process of asset finance and leasing there. And I just decided I didn't want to do it in an industry that I wasn't passionate about in any way. I didn't, I didn't care about coal mines and quarrying. It really didn't interest me. And I didn't particularly ingratiate myself to the people or them to me. So it's just a job. And I thought, I, I really like the job that I do, but I need to do it in an industry that I, I've got a passion about. So at that time, I'd, I'd done some, I'd been involved with a, a, a moderately successful rock band and we'd spent quite a bit of time in recording studios. And I, I'd always wanted to be more involved in that process in recording studio being engineered in the producer and clearly that wasn't going to happen because I've not done anything about changing my career so I decided I want to do it in something more akin to to recording studios and, and that kind of market and I actually stumbled across a box ad in a in a Daily Telegraph or one of those proper newspapers and responded and it turned out to be a company that doesn't really exist anymore but a company that was doing leasing asset finance in this sector and in, particularly in television and broadcast and post-production as well as obviously recording studio equipment and such like and VFX so that's how I came about I came about working for them um, for a couple of years then I went on to work for a part of a big rental company that doesn't exist anymore, big, big camera rental company that doesn't doesn't exist anymore uh, back in the, the late 90s, and then decided to set up Media Lease myself in early noughties um, due to circumstantial changes within the environment I was working. And I thought, I'll go and do this myself. And uh, that's, that's how I came to start. And it all started in the broadcast space. Uh, rather than other areas that we're involved in now. Yeah, so quite an exciting start then, actually. Um, would you be able to tell us what rock band it was, or is that, is uh, that is quite it, secret? Yeah, yeah, uh, Bank called Terrorvision. So you may have come across them in your youth, but um, still going. I keep reforming and stopping reforming, but they're, they, they're still... You know, the last five years they've been they've been playing gigs every year, so they're uh, back on the circuit and doing all right. It's more fun now than it was back then. It yeah. was it was it was proper, you know, signed artists to EMI and and trying to make a go of it and doing quite well. But uh, now it's just a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah, sounds really good, Paul. So uh, I, I guess you've already kind of touched on this, but you know, were you always going to focus your work then within broadcasting and, and broadcast equipment and AV? I felt early on that going to trade shows such as IBC that there was a, 
a requirement to understand a little little bit about the kit, not just going, well, I don't understand what it does or anything about it, but yeah, I kind of recognise what the label says and I can finance one of them. But I felt like you needed to know something about not in detail what the kit does, but where it relates to the to the to the rest of the picture. So you know, you talk about a piece of uh, a vision mixer, and you need to understand where that relates into the into the production remit. So, um, and I do enjoy a trade show. Always did enjoy meeting people. Always did enjoy seeing familiar faces. So I do, and I still love a trade show now, although we're, we're obviously not doing them. So um, it, it became quite quite apparent to me that. We're, I've stumbled across this industry that is very personable. People are extremely friendly, very willing to invite you into their building and 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 involve you in in what they're doing, and, and particularly show you around their facility. So it suited me as a person to be involved in financing equipment where there was a personable approach to the situation, not just, well, I'll take anybody's money. It was more relationship building, which I quite liked. And I quickly realised that in broadcast, and particularly in post-production, this year's colour is purple, next year's colours are yellow, and everybody needs to have a yellow one now. The purple one's out of date, mate. I need a yellow one, and I need 12 yellow ones. So um, that that worked very well for me um, because it was like, yep, yeah, you'll definitely need the yellow one now. Um, that's definitely yeah. the one you need. So, so true. in that yeah. sense, I, I, I did enjoy the first couple of years, particularly learning about how broadcast work, post-production, as I say, particularly, I got heavily involved in, in the post-production end of, of broadcast. And, and and so it grew. And so so my education of the broadcast market grew. I do, yeah, you touched on it there. It's um I'm, I'm relatively new to the industry myself only about a year and a half now and it's it's that personal touch that really shocked me at the start um because you'll be in industries where it's it's very transactional it's just touch and go type thing yeah um but in this industry it really is all about the people isn't it yeah and it's even more so in the in the rock and roll side of our business we, we have two fundamental parts to our business broadcast post-production t- television film related and then the live events which is Western theatre shows, big big theatrical shows with a lot of kit and and gigs and festivals, and they are incredibly personable. Those people, they're, they're, a lot of them are friends. They they're, they're as much friends of mine as they are loads of other people, and it's a real community spirit, um, which I, I really like. It's really it's really great to see that still existing out there in business. For anyone who might not have heard of you guys and might not know, you know, could you give us a brief history behind Media Lease and, and what kind of services do you guys provide? We're an FCA regulated finance leasing company. So we lend on our own funds as well as um, a traditional broker. So and that that depends on the circumstances as to whether we'll lend our, our own money to, to the opportunity or whether we'll broker it. But by and large majority is brokered for one reason or another, usually deal size is a little bit too rich for us in terms of the size of the deal, but it's also rate. Our rates are a, a lot uh, riskier, racier rates than they are for most of our major customers who expect a, expect a service from us and expect us to uh, to provide a decent rate. So um, we have been going nearly 20 years, actually, um, 18 plus years, and as I say, started out in broadcast space and, and grew from there into uh, into other areas. Um, we are all about servicing the customer. So we're not, we are a broker. We're a financial introducer. We have a big, big panel of, of lenders we can go to. And we're all about 
what is the best structured deal not always right although that is a lead factor in what you're what you're here to do is to find the best deal but sometimes it's not about the best rate sometimes it's about a customer specifically wanting certain terms or wanting to avoid having to give his personal guarantees because he he doesn't want he doesn't feel he should have to give them anymore now that his companies have been trading 12 months let's say so or it could be i don't want to put a deposit down but i want a very long term so sometimes you trade off one aspect to gain on the other aspect and it's a question of knowing knowing the customers knowing a little bit about the kit as i said earlier but knowing your banks and knowing what which funder likes what kit or what industry or what what package they can do so it's very much i always say we're, we're we've got a relationship with the suppliers who introduce us to the new customers that we're not familiar with we've got a relationship with our with our customers because we we are a big part of our businesses 70 percent of our customers are ongoing customers refer non ones have been referred we we try and maintain that customer and then we've got a, a relationship with the banks because we sit very much in the middle of that triangle so you've got a, a bank looking for you to provide them with opportunities to lend um suppliers looking to fulfill their uh, their purchase orders that they've got from customers and obviously the customer is the main customer because he's the guy that's signing the document to say, I'll pay you back over 36 months. Um, and we very much see that it's a service-based company and that we have to have that ability to say, well, Paul Robson's not around, but you don't need Paul Robson to be around because Emma's going to deal with it, Nick's going to deal with it, Ali's going to deal with it. And a lot of the customers that used to just call me don't now no longer contact me they go straight to somebody in the office which i I think is great you know they've got the trust that they can always call me always but they trust the the person they're dealing with back in the office enough to say well i'll I'll just contact them so very much triangle relationship very much service driven very much customer focused is that is our is our aim and as i say we 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 finance this kit and we don't charge the customer a penny it's unbelievable how generous we are um but no we get paid we get paid a fee by the introducing bank yeah. when we when we complete the deal yeah it sounds like a winning formula to be fair paul <laughs> and it seems like you're having a great time as well with it so yeah we do enjoy it 70 percent of our 80 percent of our work is 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 brokered 20 yeah. percent is is our own funds now. yeah yeah that no, sounds really good um, so what are the most kind of common forms of financing that you guys provide to your customers and, and how does it help them out? It's There's two forms of financing, uh, three if you want to be that are, that are main forms of financing. There's a higher purchase, traditional HP and finance lease. Uh, we do do some loans, uh, particularly at the minute with this product uh, that's available short term at the minute because of the coronavirus, which is a coronavirus business interruption loan scheme, Siebel's as it's known. Um, and we, we do fund a number of opportunities on Siebel's at the minute, but that will disappear during the course of this, the spring coming up. Um, and that can be a loan or it can be for asset finance. But traditionally, most of our work is higher purchase, HP, so you own it at the end of the three years automatically, four years, five years, whatever it is, or finance lease where it's a very, very similar product, looked at exactly the same way, but there's a slightly different mechanism for ownership at the end. And occasionally, very occasionally, we have to do a finance rental, a bit like you might have your car on finance. So, you know, the car value is, say, 40 grand, you're paying it back at 500 quid a month and you're going, hang on. 500 quid a month times 48 months doesn't come 
to 48 grand, 40 grand, it doesn't go anywhere near it. That's where there's a there's a part of that funding where it's not paid for. It's a what we call a balloon rental or a or a chuck chuck the car back at the dealer. Yes. We offer that service on certain bits of kit. It's very kit specific, and the customer needs to be a decent, strong enough customer to merit wanting to do that funding. But we we do do it, and we'll we'll carry the RV the the residual value risk at the end i know you touched on this a little bit earlier it's about understanding what the tech does and and what you're selling actually how that will fit into people's workflows and stuff like that um but you know how important is it to completely and fully understand and and grasp all of the nuances of an industry before offering services like asset financing it's a very interesting question um you don't need at the outset you don't need to know everything about the kit and the technology but you do need to understand your customer and how he's using that kit. So, for example, if I decided today that I'm going to go and set up a dentistry finance division, the the obvious thing to do is to find somebody who's already financing dentistry equipment and say, come and work for media lease and we'll set up a new division. However, let's just assume that I, I decide to do it myself because about this this market is, is quiet um i would have to first understand what the customer wants from me what does does he want 12 months lease does he want off balance sheet everything's off balance sheet everything's rented does he want five-year financing because he doesn't touch the equipment for at least 10 years what's the you know what's the typical deal value what's the typical kind of requirements of the customer and that's where you need to start and then from there you obviously need to understand a bit more about the technology and and the the, the key brands. I, th- I always think it's important to identify good, better, best, and you can say that these are good. These are good good assets. They they make a perfectly good product. That company. These make a much better product. These make the best products, and that's that's uh, something I've always wanted to find out at trade shows. Is who's who's providing the best kit and the better kit and the yeah. good kit. And I hate to bring it up, Paul, but how has COVID nineteen affected the work that you guys do? You know, how, how have you guys adapted at Media Lease? We, um, I, I knew pretty damn quick in in March that this was going to be horrendous for twenty twenty, um, and adapted fairly quickly in terms of altering the way workflow. You know, working from home, more more laptop driven rather than desktop driven, and getting things to be. Uh, onto remote servers rather than office-based servers. So that was quite quick. But I realised that our rock and roll touring customers and festival-going deal, um, deals that we do and, and theatre were, were dead. They were going to be dead for some time. I, I must admit, I, like many, thought it would be October, November, and we'd start to see some signs of recovery, which would rule out all the summer festivals. But Pantomime would definitely be happening in December, no question about it. And of course, I got that wrong. And here we are now in a almost, some, some might say, a worse situation than we were back in the summer. And I, and I don't think there'll be any, I don't think there'll be any festivals this summer. Maybe September, maybe there might be some some work going on in August, September. But I think the, the early stage, the first six months of this year, you can forget because there won't be insurance to cover the event um so that that has affected a lot of our clients and the, the the biggest challenge we had in all of this was going back to april and particularly may june when the customers then started realizing sugar we really need some help we've got all these repayments and all these leases and 
we need to do something about this. We need to basically get some holidays from these re- leasing companies. Otherwise, we're going to be skimped. So we had a mass of work to do in the, in the spring of last year, trying to get as much help for the clients as we could with the banks who were in turmoil themselves because they were taking people from paying deals out and m- looking after deals and inputting deals to saying there are no deals to pay out, there are no deals to input, you've got to basically get involved in looking at what help we're going to give to these customers and and some banks were more helpful than than others but we were central to that i wouldn't say negotiation but we were central to that help of the customer calling up me to lease and saying i need your help yeah of course of course we will yeah just you need to send us some information you need to tell us what you're planning to do about covid19 how you're going to protect your business and we will get you as much help as we can and that and every three months we have to do that because every three months the banks go, right, three months are up, what's happening now? And reassess it. So that was quite, in some way, stressful back in April, May, trying to get on top of that. But it's a lot easier now, a lot easier now. Um, Paul, I wanted to slightly skew off a bit, but I, I just wanted to chat about Backup, which is a, a charity that you're involved with that provides support for technical professionals within the broadcasting and media industry. Yes. Um so, so what is your exact role within Backup and um, how does Backup help these professionals in our industry? Uh, thank you for raising it. Um, I'm a trustee of the charity. There are nine of us uh, trustees of the charity looking after the funds that we've, uh, that we've raised. And there are a number of ways we've raised funds um, through events. Um, we were doing, obviously it didn't happen last year, unfortunately, and, and may not happen this year, but we were doing a number of events which raised tens of thousands of pounds each hopefully to uh, to put into the pot and what backup does it's the, the the backup is designed to support those people that you don't see so the guys that are rigging the shows the guys that are putting the lights up the guys that are climbing the truss in the theater to make sure that the show is is seen and they're not heard. Um, the, even in television land, you know, there's a lot of people, technical crew in the television market, not just the live events market, who fall on hard times. You know, they, they may have a personal tragedy, which prevents them from working. Ill health is a classic one, which prevents them from working for quite some time. They may have a, a serious or a terminal illness. We have many cases of, of people coming to us terminally ill, worrying about how they're going to pay for their own funeral yeah. and um, simple stuff of, you know, simple living expenses of mortgage and how am I going to pay the bills and put money on the table for my family. And that is where backup is there to help. So you can make an application to the charity to say, you've got to be working within the events industry, within the industry that's it's all on the website, but you've got to be working in that, in that space for a minimum of, two years i think it was five but i think we brought it down um and then you can make a an application to say i need help we'll ask you why do you need the help how much do you need and we try to help many people with a small amounts of money that couple of thousand here a couple of thousand there rather than massive contributions for six months and um, we have been incredibly fortunate this year with the generosity of the British public and international people, companies have, have given very generously um, to the charity. 
we we were very fortunate with a number of big named uh, artists who decided to do lockdown gigs. Niall Horan, for example, One Direction, he did a massive gig at the uh, at the Royal Albert Hall and raised a fortune and split that between three or four charities who all did extremely well out of it. Back up being one, we're ever so grateful to that. But there's many other many other artists that are doing their bit. There's many guys involved in in backup, and we make events is a similar charity which is backup is helping, um, which are all contributing to increase our funds so that we can give to help people. And now is no better time than now in terms of what help is required. Yes, hundred percent. I, I, you know, I think it's absolutely fantastic what you guys are doing, and it's it's very much. Uh, obviously, these people that sometimes get taken for granted, uh, really behind the scenes, and they they really you know make these productions. It, it is very much designed to say you'll never hear us, you'll never see us, but without us, the show. When I'm not, I'm not, I'm not including me in that. I'm talking about these 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 beneficiaries of the just of the charity. Um, they without them doing their thing, that often we don't even see. Um, the show wouldn't happen. No, hundred percent. That's that's what we're here to support. I completely agree. So I think I'll be watching closely what how, how backup progresses and what you guys get up to. And I, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens. I think it's a, a brilliant cause. So Paul, this is a question we we tend to ask at the end of every episode, and we usually ask the guests to try and keep it to one word if possible. Um, and you can obviously go on and expand on the answer afterwards. But what what do you see as the future for the broadcasting and media industry as a whole? One word. I take as long as you need as well, Paul. Yeah. Well, I just, I just say that I'm a positive. I'm a my my outlook is always positive. Um, I've always had a naturally been a positive outlook person most of the time. Obviously, not all of the time. And I would say, if I could use two words, I'd say remote production. But if I can use one word, I would say internet. I like it, Paul. I think it's it's all being driven that a lot of the IT that we see in the IT world is, is has come into the broadcast world and is becoming more and more internet-based. So internet would be my word. Or as I'm from Yorkshire, tinternet. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, it's it's definitely more a, a switch from, you know, the pressing buttons and fiddling with knobs and stuff like that to the, uh, the, the graphic interfaces and all sorts, isn't it? And I think even even with trade shows as well going virtual this year and and uh, online marketing activities as well, I think yeah, hundred percent in the, the grand scope of things, I think yeah, internet. That's all you can say about it, really. I think that's brilliant. Internet, <laughs> internet. <laughs> You'll have to teach me that, Paul. Um, so uh, just to finish on then, Paul, are there any exciting projects in the pipeline for Media Lease or, or backup that you can tell us about? We um, we're helping a lot of venues, sports venues, stadiums, um, motor racing uh, companies to develop their services at the minute. So stadiums, for example, a lot of them are obviously dark at the minute, not doing anything. So we're upgrading audio, we're upgrading LED screens, we're upgrading lighting systems. Um, in the motor racing fraternity, we're building new trucks, we're turning them into a more remote production. I was talking to a big client the other day who wants to spend a small fortune making their productions much more um, remote. So they'll still have cameras at each event, but a lot rather than sending 100 people 200 people to to event to to do the production and beam it from the event they want to send everything back to their base in the uk 
and, and obviously beam it out from there. So the production is based in the UK, wherever the cameras are and the, and the event is. And, and that's the exciting thing I like. I like the fact that we are moving to this remote production world uh, uh, and new investment and new opportunities there. And, and also uh, we've had a massive leap in the green screen technology is, is going to be a thing of the past. We're now funding this XR uh, virtual reality space so there's the led screen which we finance a lot of is being used as a as a landscape behind the presenter and that could change obviously on a computer click and uh, we are and the the presenter is is, in, is within the virtual space that's the key difference they are that as the as the presenter moves the background moves in relation to the presenter or the object as it were so that's very exciting and beyond me technically just beyond my understanding of how, how <laughs> they can make it work but it's very effective i've got to say you know onwards onwards and upwards you know we're not having a bad we, we despite covid destroying many of our customers businesses not not hopefully not to the extent that they go bust but a lot of businesses severely, severely depleted immediately we've been quite resourceful we've found work yeah. in new areas we're we're, we're connected to our clients and they've found new work in new areas that will help them. So we're, we're probably 30% down, no more than 40% down on last year. And I'm happy with that. I've got to say, I'm very happy that we're only 30% down given what could have happened. So Paul, how can people get in touch with, with you, Media Lease or Backup um, and find out more about what you guys are uh, up come, to? Come through me in the first instance, if you like, it's easier. We are uh, MediaLease.com is the domain. And uh, there's a load of special offers on there for various suppliers. There's loads of case studies there on what we do and and how things how things are at MediaLease. So have a read of MediaLease.com or, or you can contact me, Paul, at Media.Lease. And uh, I will help you myself or I'll direct you to the right person. So it's Paul at media.lease, nothing else, or it's domain is www.medialease.com. Sounds brilliant, Paul. So I think that's absolutely everything. If there's anything you wanted to add, now's your chance. No, I'm good. Thanks, Neil. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks very much. Sounds really good, though. Thank you.